We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Same thing. If that was today, if all this would have happened today, what happened years ago, it would have been the same experience for us as it would have been for them. The joy. Can you imagine the joy of the and the excitement of the things that transpired that day? Can you put yourself in that place? Can you can you put your mind in that position? This morning, we're going to talk about a, a road. We're going to talk about a story this morning of something that happened just like this. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning with me to the book of, of, um, the book of Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn there. If you, have, uh, if you use your phone and the Version Bible app, you can actually find our uh, sermon notes in the events page. You can go there and it'll take you to our location, you click on that and all of the notes are in the YouVersion Bible app. And while you're turning there, I, I am, somebody already said it this morning, you're going to get up there and you're going to say you're excited about today. I am. Are you not excited about today? I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. Amen. It is so good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. So good to see everybody here. Some that have been uh, out for a very long time, and we're, we're glad to have you back. Good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you got to see me today in person. If you're watching online, I, that wasn't a jab to you in any way, but we're glad that you got to see me as well. In front of you, in, in the seat backs in front of you, there are some Connect cards, and if you are first time here and... Even if you not a first time, I, I would like to contact you or connect with you, and you just take a few minutes to fill one of those out, and then drop it in the in the four. You have a black box there. It says offerings. You can just drop it in there. I'd love to have. I'd love to to connect with you. If you have, if you feel like you can do that for us, I'd appreciate that as well. The Emmaus Road. Now this this may not be a a a resurrection sermon, but it actually is. It actually, we're going we're gonna to deal with conversations. We're going to deal with connections. We're going to deal with the resurrecting, and we're going to deal with the Messiah as well. Stories, just like that video of, of the excitement that happened, the, the excitement that these guys uh, went, went through or witnessed in their own way. So in Luke chapter 24, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 13. Luke chapter 24 Begin reading in verse 13, and I'll be reading out of the, um, the English Standard Version this morning. <clears throat> Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word this morning. Luke chapter 24, I'm going to begin reading in verse 13. And the Word of God says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus 
They were about seven miles from Jerusalem, and, and they were talking with each other about these things that they had, that had happened. And while, and while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And as they stood still looking sad, the, 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 then one of them named Cleopas, he answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? That's, I sense a little sarcasm right there, don't you? Are you not the only one? Where have you been? What's going on? Verse 19, he says, and he said to them, what things? Jesus is playing the dumb card. What things? And it was all about him. I mean, he was the one that experienced and went through it. He said, what things? And they, um, and they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But, he, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women from our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who, were, who, were, who went with us to the tomb found it just as the women had said, and, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all of that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them, and while they were at the table with them, while he was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and then they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did our heart, not our hearts, burn within us while he talked to us on the road? While he opened to us the scriptures, and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these, these scriptures, the words that you have given to us today. I pray, God, that you would just open our hearts, our minds, Lord, to hear and comprehend everything that you have for us. And this day as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. We're going to give you the praise and the glory and all of our attention from this moment on in Jesus' name. And everybody screamed a big 
Amen, amen. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> the Emmaus Road. I, I, I love this. I love this story. I love this, this part of the story. The, the thing that we can get from this, this sermon this morning, this message this morning, is that Jesus is the promised Savior of the world. He is the promised Savior of the world. How do we know that? Because his resurrection is all the proof that we need. You may say, Pastor, what can I take away from this today? Well, this is what you can take away. This is what you can, if you don't get anything else, you can take this and apply this to yourself today. That if we take this serious, the implications of the resurrection, if we take everything that Christ went through, the resurrection, then this will be evident in you, that the world around you will long for the new life that you have. If we tell the story right, if, if, we, can, if we can relate the story that we've experienced correctly and, and, and according to the Scripture, then everybody around us is going to feel the effects of your new life. You say, Pastor, I, I've been a Christian my whole life. His, his word says his mercies are new every day, right? It's not just a once and done deal. It's a, it's a day by day thing. I get to fall in love with Jesus more today than I did yesterday and then tomorrow more than today. It should be exciting. It should be something that we long for, the word of God, the, the relationship that we have with him. And you may say, Pastor, what am I going to get from this passage of scripture today what can i apply to my life all right there are three points okay last week i had 14 i did good though i i knocked them out pretty quick so don't get nervous i'm not going to try to fill everything in you'll get let me see what time it is before i start yeah see it's 11 15 we'll be out before noon you'll have time to to go and check on your food and listen burn dries up three things Three things that we want to talk about today. Three things happen when you meet somebody new. Three things. Now, these, these are just mine, okay? I, I made these up, pulled these out. The Lord gave me these three, okay? You, you may experience something else. But for me, when I meet somebody new, three things typically happen. Number one, are you ready? If you're taking notes, they're not long. Number one. You strike up a conversation, right? Now, Susan, she'll tell you that I never meet a stranger. I can talk to anybody. If you go to Branson and you're sitting on one of those benches outside one of those shops down there at, uh, what's the name of that place? The Tanger. That's, most of the time, that's where I sit, either there or in the car. Anybody else can relate to that? Can I get a witness? Okay, I, I, and it doesn't matter. Somebody can come and sit beside me, and we're going to have a conversation before either I get up or he gets up. I'm going to know where they're from. I'm probably going to know their name, probably how many kids they have, if they go to church, if they don't. That's just me. And when we lived in Ecuador, it didn't matter if they spoke English, Spanish, or Quechua. I'm going to try my best to communicate to somebody. That's just me. But you strike up. A conversation. When you meet somebody new, uh, you, when you started 
What's the word? Courting. That's not the right word. What's the word? Dating. When you started dating your significant other, if, you, if, you're, if you're married, if you're not, you, maybe you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, how do you start that relationship? You strike up a conversation. And sometimes it may, it may be one side. You may say, boy, Susan, you look very nice today. And she'd probably have said, shut up. But you strike up a conversation. You see, Luke here in the text, Luke does not define the, the details, the, the very subject of their conversation, but it says they were seven miles from where they were going. Now, that was not, they didn't have Ubers back then. We don't have Ubers in Hector, but I, I've ridden in an Uber. I've ridden in a taxi. Uh, they didn't have those type of things back then. They didn't have, let's go get in the Jeep, let's go get on the four-wheeler, let's go get in the side-by-side, let's go get in the truck. They didn't have any of that since they were walking seven miles to their destination. Can you imagine the conversation you could have in seven miles? It's going to be a long walk or it's going to be a fast one. Oh, I forgot, I, I forgot something back. I got to go back and get it, right? Stop and, and bend over and tie your shoe. Oh, you guys can keep going. I'll catch up. Seven miles. Seven miles. Luke doesn't define the subject, but for seven miles they had a conversation. It says Jesus began to quote and interpret the Scripture beginning... With Moses. Now, if you've been reading the Bible through with us, then you know where Moses starts. Mm. That's about there in the, in the first parts of the, of the Bible, right? It's right there. And it says that he begins, and then all the way through the prophets, I'm thinking, man, if somebody started to, okay, well, hey, in the beginning was, and you're thinking, oh, no, here we go. How We know we've got seven miles to go. What am I going to get? What have I got myself into? Jesus begins to, to break down and, and quote Scripture and interpret them, but he does it in a way that pertains to him. They can't, see, they can't recognize him. They don't know who he is. And he's tying things together and how it pertains to him. On Wednesday nights, we are doing a Bible study called The Gospel Story. And we started back in the beginning in Genesis, and we're going to go for 52 weeks. We're going to go through the entire Bible and pick out stories and how they connect back to Christ, how they connect back to the Gospel Story. And it has been very, very interesting. So if you don't have anything to do on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, be here. We have stuff for our kids as well. That was a shameless plug, I know. Number two, see, I told you I'd go pretty fast. Number one is strike up a conversation. Number two, I kind of touched on this, that we make an assumption or, or a conclusion. We draw a conclusion of that person. Within, I, I was going to try to look up the statistics and the, uh, what it, you know, at, at what point do you, do you decide, do I want to continue this conversation or this friendship or do I just want to sever all ties right now? I mean, you know people, you know, you've met people within the first few minutes, you're either, you're either tuned in or you're like, man, I, I can't get away from this person fast enough, right? 
You've been there. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Don't look at the person right or your left, especially if that's your spouse. Don't do it. Don't do it. But we draw a conclusion from the striking up a conversation. I like this guy. I like this guy. This, this guy's good. I, this, this gal, I could date this gal. Not me. I, I, I'm, I've already, I'm, I'm done with that. But I, I, I knew, right? You know when you meet somebody, you draw a conclusion of I, I, I'm connected with this person. I, I am, I'm, I don't know. We've got, we got connect groups that are starting next Sunday night. What's it going to be like? What's the mix going to be like? We're going to come, come away with a conclusion because we have come up with this idea in our head. But, you know, sometimes we draw the wrong conclusion because we don't know the entire story. We don't know their entire background. We don't know what happened, what got them to this road, what got them to this place that they're at. We don't, we, we, we don't know the story in its entirety to get there, but sometimes we draw the wrong conclusion. Anybody ever done that? Sure we have. I love movies. And if you're here anytime, I, I, I'll use clips for illustration or I'll talk about a movie. Uh, when I was thinking about drawing the wrong conclusion, I, I thought about Raiders of the Lost Ark. I thought about... Indiana Jones. In, 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 the, in that movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, in 1981, this film came out. Indiana Jones, he figures out that the Nazis have, only have one side of the headpiece of Ra. So they are digging in the wrong place. You see, they drew the wrong conclusion. They thought that they had everything in, everything that they needed to find the ark. They thought they had it all figured out, all lined out. We've got it. We're going to have world power. I don't remember exactly what happens in the movie, but it was Indiana Jones. It was good, right? They were digging in the wrong place. You see, here Jesus is showing these disciples that they haven't put together the full story. You see, these disciples were still sad, Right? That's what the text said. They were, they were sad. They were discussing. They, were, they had this, this sadness that had come over them. And they couldn't see that the present circumstances could make sense. Because they drew the wrong conclusion. You see, Jesus, explaining Jesus as the Messiah is the key to understanding the importance of his death and resurrection. I didn't say that again. Explaining Jesus as the Messiah, it's the key to everything that we believe in. That it's because of his death on the cross. Everything that he went through, last week we talked about the Via Dolorosa, and all the, the agony that he went through, the weight of the cross that he carried upon himself, it was for us. Because he could look down in time. He knew that today, April the 4th, 2021, that you and I are going to need to know what he did, what he went through, was for us. The big picture, right? 
I often use this illustration about uh, not being uh, privy to the end of the story. But see, you and I, we have read the end of the book. I know how it ends. I know how the story ends. You know how the story ends. Maybe you don't, but today I, pro- I hope and pray that today you will hear and discover the end. You see, if you watch movies a lot, there's some scary movies. Anybody like scary movies? There's only a few that I like, but not a whole lot. I can't watch it before I go to bed and won't sleep. That's just me. But if, if you're watching a scary movie, there are times when we, the, the viewers, we can see the villain on one side or the mon- monster on this side and, and the victim on this side, and we know what the victim is fixing to experience, but they can't. You see, we can see the end game. We know that this monster is fixing to attack, but this victim cannot. You see, you and I, we know how the story ends. We know how the book ends. We have that information. We're privy to that. We, we understand that, yes, Jesus died on the cross, rose again victoriously for us so that we could have eternal life. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that song. You can watch ball games and see somebody out in center field holding up a sign that says John 3, 16. But it was for us. Understanding the Messiah is key to explaining the importance of his death and resurrection. You see, Luke records these two guys, these two disciples, as the followers of, of, of Jesus, and they were discussing the events that had happened but with sadness. Scripture says they were sad. Jesus shows up, and his questions begin to prod them into, for them to explain their feelings, their feelings of sadness, but it also opens a door for him to challenge them. Sometimes you and I need to be challenged, right? We can get comfortable in our everyday life. You see, we've, we've met somebody new. We, we strike up a conversation, but now do we make the wrong conclusion? Do we, do we make the wrong assumption? Do we draw the wrong conclusion about who we're talking with or who we're even possibly talking about? But Jesus' questions here to these two guys, he's prodding them. He's trying to get them to answer the questions about their sadness. Using their own description of the events that happened, Jesus reminds them. He's basically, for seven miles, Jesus is going to have a Bible study with these guys. Some of you done checked me out right there. Bible studies. Jesus is going to have a Bible. He's going to talk Scripture for seven miles. I'm done. That there's, I think there's a saying right here. You can stick a fork in me. I'm done, right? I'm going to take my AirPods out and put them in. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do me, right? Anybody ever do that? Jesus begins to explain the Scriptures. They should. They they had they had the 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 ability to to read and to to get their hands on these scripture and to know exactly what it means and and says. Starting in Genesis, there was a divine purpose, a purpose that in the end meant and must mean the cross. 
You see, if you go back and even if you start in the Old Testament, you're going to find ways that it connects that moment, that story to the cross. You're going to find stories and uh, of, of many of the famous stories that we learned in, in, in children's church, or maybe somebody taught you, maybe it was your mom or your dad or your Sunday school teacher or your grandparents, whoever it was, you can take those stories and you can find how they connect with the cross. See, there was sin in the Old Testament. Terrible sin. There's sin in our world. Terrible sin, right? There's some bad stuff happening out there. Bad stuff. But there's also a deep, deep love of God. That same love that, that was in existence in the Old Testament during those stories is the same God that shows love in the day that we live in right now. The same, the same love. That doesn't change. That never changes. In the end, the combination of these two things, the sin and God's love, the cross, the resurrection. It was because of the sin that, Christ, that God sent his son. It was the cross. It was necessary. It was inevitable. It needed to happen. The plan of God. The plan of God is far better than your plan. Anybody ever have your own plan? This is not working out. God, this is not how I planned it. You ever said that? <laughs> God, this is not good. Look, you, you, try to tell, you try to tell him, you say, reason with him. You say, Lord, it would be better if you did it this way. You, it, would, it, would be, it would be better if it went this way. Now, I, 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 I know because this is my life. This is my situation. God says, just be patient. My plan is better than yours. My plan is always better. These two guys, they had the wrong ideas of the Old Testament. Sometimes you can, you can mention a story or you start preaching out of the Old Testament. Somebody's like, man, why is he in the Old Testament? Why not? Why not? Because those are the things that we learn from. We learn, we can learn from them. Especially these guys, that was all they had. They didn't have the New Testament. It was just being, just getting ready to get kicked off. All they had was these stories. Sometimes I know reading the Bible becomes a task rather than a joyous event. Right? I'm going to just make a play right. If you don't understand the Bible you're reading, find one that you can understand. Because you'll never get anything out of it if you don't understand it. Reading the Bible is not just is to remember the gathering of the stories of the history of Israel. But we're intended to read the Bible, especially the sections that we refer to as the Old Testament as a story unfolding of the plan of God. We can see the plan of God moving in those situations. So number one, we had, what was it? Strike up a conversation. Number two, draw a conclusion. Number three is we become enlightened. 
Now, if you make it past two, if you draw the wrong conclusion, or if you draw a conclusion that I'm done with this, then you're in, your story ends right there. But if you continue to move forward in that conversation, in meeting that new person, the third thing will happen. You can become enlightened. N.T. Wright is, a, is our day New Testament theologian. I, I, I read a lot of his stuff. He's, got some, he's just a phenomenal, intelligent man of the word. But he explains it like this. He explains the travelers and what they were struggling with. This is what he says. He said, they had been seeing it as a long story of how God would redeem Israel from suffering. But it was instead for the the story of how God would redeem Israel through suffering. Though in particular, the suffering which would be taken on himself by Israel's representative, the Messiah. When Luke says that Jesus interpreted to them all the things about himself throughout the Bible, he doesn't mean that Jesus collected a few or even a few dozen isolated texts, verses chosen at random. He means that the whole story from Genesis to Chronicles, the last book of the Hebrew Bible, the prophets will come later, but he pointed forward to the fulfillment which which could only be found when God's anointed took Israel's suffering and hence the world's suffering onto himself, died under its weight, and rose again as the beginning of God's new creation. You see, God's new people, that's us. That is what happened. That is what had to happen, and it just happened. You see, the story of the Emmaus Road, it shows us that Jesus meets us in our worst of circumstances. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in that, that, in that day when you feel like there is nothing better? There's nothing better that could, there's nothing good that's ever going to happen to me again. The worst is here. This is, this is going to be my life. Jesus meets us in our, desire, in our deepest des- despair, and, and he's always leading us back to the road. You see, these two guys were on the road, and they were walking sad, beat down, thought they were just, it just didn't happen the way they thought it would happen. They were hurting I mean, there's no other. You ever felt that? God, I, I've done, I, I've, I've lived for you, I've followed you, or, or maybe you haven't. And you think, I, there's nothing that could, else that could go wrong in my life. But Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up. He shows up to these two guys walking down the road, and they're, they're wallering. Is that a word? They're wallering in their, in their sadness. But there's something very special about this moment. Something very special about Jesus meeting them in their deepest, darkest moment. Sometimes, as fleshly humans, you, I'm, I'm human. Anybody else human in here? Okay, I'm just seeing if you're awake. Listen to this. 
Sometimes we desire an answer when his desire is that we have the answer. And that's him. It's him. (laughs) You see, sometimes you can think, I just want an answer, God. I need an answer today. I've been there. I've been there. Have you? But all he desires is for us to know the answer. And that's his Jesus. That's his son. That's his Messiah. That's our Lord and Savior. All he wants is for us to know the answer. He's, he knows what is required for us to reach the place of joy and peace in him. You see, Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 18, verse 20, it's a verse that we quote all the time. We all the time, but is this, this happened on that road. Jesus and these two guys walking down the road where two or three are gathered in my name. I'll be in the midst. No matter what you're going through, if you can find somebody to pray with you, if you can find somebody that will go with you, if you'll find somebody that will just stand there and hold your hand, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, if you agree on anything, I'll be there. That's good stuff. I don't care who you are. That's good preaching. You see, the Emmaus Road is is important because it reminds us to look for him. These guys, they were were wanting to live in that that blood. But if they could have kept their eyes on him. You see, Jesus was there. It reminds us to look for the Lord even in those moments when we can't see him. Because those moments happen. It's called life. It's called life. But Jesus walks with these two guys and he begins to speak to them. He begins to speak to them in their moments, of in, in, in their situation. And I believe that Jesus is here speaking to you this morning to let you know, hey, I got this. I got this. I'm your guy. I am him. Just see, maybe, maybe he, you're here today or you're watching online. He's saying you tuned in because you needed to hear this today. And no matter what you're going through, I'm in the midst. I'm there. I'm there. Sometimes we, needed, we need to be reminded. I've been there too. Well, I need to be reminded, get that spiritual slap. You know, sometimes you can get a slap from somebody. Those aren't pleasant, but sometimes you need a spiritual slap from God to say, hey, get your head right. Get your head right. I'm not. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. The only ones that change are you and I. We make the decision. God reminds us God's plan is that he will always accomplish what is right according to him for you. Our praise team makes their way back this morning. See, I told you I'd get done early. Sometimes we need to be reminded that all I have to do is trust him. All I have to do is trust him in my situation. I I, I know, I know what 2020 was. I know that I know that there was a lot of bad junk that went through a lot of our homes, right? 
We, we experienced some, some very low lows. But there were moments that there was a high because God was in control. And he's still in control. That sometimes all I have to do is just pay attention. Come on, Shannon. Get your head right. Pay attention. Look at me. Did, did your mom and dad ever say that? Look at me when I'm talking to you. Anybody? My mom's sitting right here. I'm sure my grandparents probably said the same thing. I'm, probably, I'm sure my aunts and uncles probably did. I know my wife has. <clears throat> Look at me when I'm talking to you. God's saying that to you today. Look at me. I got you. I got this under control. Look at me. Keep your eyes on me. We've talked about three things. When you meet somebody new, you may say, Pastor, I've had a relationship with Jesus for a very long time. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but sometimes we need to get closer. You see, in my mind's eye, I see these two guys walking down the Emmaus Road, and they're, their heads are down. They're probably kicking a few rocks. I can't believe that happened. See, and I see Jesus. I picture Jesus coming up in between them, putting his arms around both and saying, hey, guys, what's going on? How's it, how's it going? Why are you, why are you so down? Why, why, are, why are you so sad? Then he begins to strike up the conversation. And he needs these two guys to, to, make, to draw a conclusion. One that brings the hope back. One that brings the answers back. One that brings all of those stories back to their mind. To their memory. Hey, this is what the scripture said. And Jesus was doing the whole thing. He, he was taking them on a, on, a, on a Bible study from the beginning all the way through. He was tying it all back together. Look, guys. This is why this said that, and it said this. Look, he got their attention. And then the third thing was, you remember? You become enlightened. You become enlightened. It says at the end, as, as they begin to play something, it says at the end of our text, they couldn't recognize who he was until they entered into the house. They'd already said, Jesus said, I'm going to go. Well, they thought he was going to go a little bit further. And they, they said, come on, come in with us. It's already late in the day. You don't need to go on any further. Stay with us. And they went into the house and they sat down and they, Jesus broke the bread. And when he broke the bread and gave it to him, he says, their eyes were open. And it, then it says that he was gone. And at that moment, those guys, can you imagine their emotions? Can you imagine the, the expression? Where did he go? Yeah, that was him. That was the Messiah. That was Christ. He is alive. What the women said, what they experienced, it is true. He was with us. And then they, then they started, man, did our hearts, did, we, did it not jump within our chest? Why didn't we feel something? Why didn't we experience something? Because he was pointing them back to the road. 
He was getting them back because if he would have showed himself to them right then and there, all they would have wanted to say was, what was it like? Let, let me see your hands. Let me see your, what was it like? What did you do those three days? But Jesus kept them from seeing that and noticing that. And he says, they were so excited. They, you know, back up and it says, they were, I mean, it was getting the end of the day. They, they were going in for the night. But it says they immediately got up from where they were and they went back. They went back to the place where the 11 were and where everybody else were was at. Because they were enlightened. They were excited. They were, they were beside themselves. And they go in. I, I, I can just see it. They busted in the door. What they said was true. We were with him. We don't have to be sad. It is true. You don't have to be sad no longer. <laughs> because it's true. He died. He was placed in a tomb. And he was risen from the dead on the third day. The reason we celebrate this day is for you. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to, to continue in the and in, in feeling the situation that you're in, the, the, the heaviness, the weight of the world. You see, he carried it on his cross. When they placed that cross on his back and he began to walk up the Via Dolorosa to Calvary, you were on his mind. Your sin, he bore it. Your sickness, taken care of. Your situation, no matter what it is, it was on that cross. It was on that cross. And those two guys, they just needed to be reminded. They just needed to, they just needed to be reminded, hey, that was him. What he said was true. What he's saying to you today is true have to be sad you don't have to be you don't have to be lonely you don't have to go through what you're going through by yourself for one reason I'm here I, I'll pray with you I will I will meet you I'll pray with you I will I'm a phone call away I live in Hector everybody knows where I live if you don't come see me after church and I'll tell you You have a church family right here. That will be here for you. We love you. I'm not just saying that just to say it because it's Easter. No, I do. I do. That's the whole reason God, I believe, I know that God called me and Susan back to Hector. Because I love you. We love you. God's got nothing but great things for you, for our church, for your family, for this community. But it's all about Him. When you meet somebody new, just remember these two guys and what Jesus did, not just for them, but for us. This morning, if you would, would you bow your heads with me all over this place? 
I am so grateful to celebrate this day with you. But this morning, maybe there's something that, that the whole time, maybe this is the reason you're, you're here. Maybe you felt it. You said, I've got to get to church today. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm I'm through being discouraged. I'm through feeling the disappointment. I'm through. Today's your day. Today's the day. You say, God, thank you. Thank you for your son Jesus and everything that he went through. Thank you. You might say, Pastor, today I, I need, I need, I need your prayers. I, I need, I need your prayers. I need to give my life. I need to get things back in in, in line, back in check. Today I, I want to, as every head's bowed, nobody's looking, nobody's looking, just me and the Lord. But if that's you this morning, if God's speaking to you, would you slip your hand up and right back down and say, Pastor, I, I need to, I need to, to get it. I need to get things right. That's you. Would you slip your hand up and right back down? Amen. I see that hand. Anybody else? You may say, Pastor, I'm going through something that, that is unexplainable. It is the worst I have ever been. The situation is just, it's just not fun. You say, I, I, Lord, I need your help. I know Jesus took it to the cross, but Lord, I need deliverance from that. Maybe it's emotions. Maybe it's anxiety. Whatever it may be. God's here today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right back down? Amen. 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 Sometimes there are some things in our past that wants to hold us from the moment that we're living in right now. Sometimes there are some things that hold us in this place because we are not set free to live the life that God's given us, or has planned for us. You see, those two guys, they could have stayed in that, mo- in that place of, of sadness and depression, but no. Jesus showed up and said, I got this. And then they were enlightened. They were so excited that they ran back to Jerusalem. They ran back to where everybody else was and was sharing what they experienced. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you today. There were several hands that were raised this morning. This is what we're going to do next. If that is you today and you raised your hand, maybe you didn't, you say, Pastor, I didn't, and I'm fixing to make that commitment. I want to invite you to stand from where you're at and I'll meet you down here at the front. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you this morning that God's going to do something tremendous, miraculous in your life. That it's a story is about to change. You don't have to go through what you've been through any longer. You can be in a right relationship in a place where you're excited about your walk. You're here today because God orchestrated everything to be here. 
So I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And when everybody stands this morning, as, as we begin to pray, if God's speaking to you, I want you to step out. from where, don't, don't stop and think about it. Just stand up and start walking. And I'll meet you down here at the front. On the count of three, would you do that for me?